Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. BC here. Got another special guest with me for this episode, uh, Supreme Being. We are sponsored by Team BC, my real estate team. If you guys need anything real estate, you can contact me personally or go to teambcsold.com. Um, if you guys are in the real estate world and you're looking to partner with me uh, at eXp Realty, you guys can go to the link partner with teambc.com. Check out that video. If you like what you see, then schedule a call with us. And lastly, uh, shout out to MS, Modern Success. Craig, who's on here today, is a Modern Success member. Uh, that's our tribe, our movement. If you're looking for more you know, coaching, training, additional information, more in-depth knowledge, I recommend you go to briancasella.com and sign up, or you can go to the link in my Instagram bio. So Craig, what's up, man? What's up, man? How's everything going with you, bro? Good, man. I finally got Mr. Boston himself on the podcast, bro. <laughs> it's about time, man. This is, this is what, two and a half years in the making. I know, right? So for the people who don't know you, bro, give us a quick a quick introduction. Of course, yeah. Uh, well, like you said, my name is Craig. I've been in Modern Success since November 2018. I'm uh, from uh, Boston, Massachusetts. I've been in real estate. And we're going to talk more about that as well. I've been in real estate since like 2017. I actually quit my job, gave them like an eight-day notice before I quit. I did a lot of things. This is going to be a fun podcast. But yeah, Craig, from from Boston, Mass, been in Modern Success for about, actually, it'd be two years in November. Yep. Yeah. So what sparked the idea to transition from what you were doing before, which, by the way, I'm sure they'd like to hear. To going yeah. into real estate what, what 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 caused that was there a certain event was it a video you watched was it an event that you went to what did that look like so for me man honestly getting out of the the rat race that happened from when i when i was a kid and it first started with like my my mother she she used to own a hair salon and she's been an entrepreneur her entire life so that's all i ever saw mm -hmm. and it was a lot different it wasn't like when I was growing up, my mom, she really wasn't home that much. And that's not because she was like out doing drugs and stuff like that. She was running her own business. So in a sense, seeing that, I remember having like after, after school, I used to have to go from school straight to the salon and sit there until it closed before I could go home. And by the time we went home, it was like 11 o'clock. I had to get, go to bed to go to school the next day. And seeing what we could do with traveling and, you know, how much freedom she had, like she used to bring me lunch every day, you know, 11, 12 o'clock for school she's bring me lunch so that was always something that I took in as a kid and she always told me you know you, know, you want to work for yourself that she drew that in my head and my grandmother she owned a daycare when I was a kid too so it was a lineage of, of entrepreneurs but the the real side of it that really sparked in my mind was when I was a kid I used to find things for example one story I found a pack of cigarettes. I was like 12 years old. I found a pack of cigarettes, like Newport hundreds. And when I opened it, the whole box was full. I went up to a guy and I was like, Hey, I found these uh, cigarettes. You want them? He said, how much do you want for it? And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like 12 years old. I'm like, what do you mean how much do I want for it? I just found it. I'm just going to give it to you. Cause I'll give you 20 bucks for it. And I was like, wow. And I made money that fast. Right. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because Something that I just found, I was able to just make money off of it. Now, I'm not saying that I would go and sell drugs and stuff like that, but <laughs> the ability to make money that fast and be free from what experiences my mother and my grandmother showed me, that's when I was like, wow. And uh, funny story, my first job, I worked at Kmart. That was my first job. I was at Kmart and I was 16 years old and we had a manager who was just very, very negative, very, very negative, very down. And we had to deal with that. And, you know, when you're in positions where the person in power can do and say whatever they want, because they have that position of power and you have to deal with it, that's not okay. So from a young age, I was like, man, why would I, why would I even put up with this? You know what I mean? And especially in, what we learned in modern success is that a lot of people's lives aren't congruent with how they speak and what they think. So you know, you have this one manager who who comes here and, and acts like uh, a boss or, or a leader and wants to push people around, but at home, their lives are a mess. So yeah. how could I listen to this person and let this person boss me around? And they're not even put together in their personal life. And when I started asking myself, well, how do I get out of this? There was no other way besides being an entrepreneur because everywhere up the corporate ladder, there's always politics. Yep. So. For me, it's like you can be a regional manager, you can be a vice president, it doesn't matter. 
you're still going to deal with politics and all, all the jargon, you know, and the best way to get out of that for me was to just step, step out of that, out of that realm. Yeah, man. And I experienced kind of not that exact same thing, but I got a taste of that because when I was on scholarship in college, we still had to do work study. So we had to work on the campus and we'd have little like bullshit jobs here and there, you know, like nothing serious. But even in that environment, you know, I'm in, you know, like the library working with three other cats and I'm doing all the work. So I'm going up yeah. to the manager and supervisor saying, bro, either get their ass to do the work or I'm getting paid more than them. This is bullshit. And then I would get the same kind of run around. Well, you know, it's just how it is. And, you know, they're yeah. new. You need to cut them yeah. a break. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, dude. So that right. that was the inception, right? Or the seed being planted in my mind to eventually be like, okay, whatever I do, whether I make it in basketball or not, right? 10 years from now, I'm running my own business because I'm not going to be you know, uh, subjected to this kind of bullshit that this is completely just backwards, right? You look at right. even just from a basic operating, you know, uh, position as like a human being, what do you mean? They're not going to do anything and I'm going to do everything and we're going to get paid the same. That just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I could even say that to a 10 year old and he would be like, that doesn't make any sense. Right. So right. you decide to step away. Um, was real estate first thing you jump into right away or were there other ideas going on in your mind as far as being an entrepreneur and kind of doing your own thing? Well, there were a bunch of other ideas. I, I would say real estate was was the strongest one. I was willing to do anything. And when I was in college, I went to UMass Amherst. I was there from 2012. I transferred from uh, Johnson and Wales my freshman year. So I was at UMass from 2012 to 2015. And we had uh, an entrepreneurship club there. And I was a member for the, of that club all three years. And this is around the um, the tech boom where everyone was developing apps and everything like that. So in my mind, I was like, okay, well, this is how it works. I'm going to build an app, going to get a high valuation, sell it, and I'm going to go move to Silicon Valley, right? That's that's what my brain was, was on. Yeah. So the first thing that I actually had exposure with, and it ties in a little bit to, to your specialty, which is door knocking, was I had a, I created a, a barbershop app, me and, and an old friend of mine, an old partner. We had a barbershop app because something that you see, especially in inner cities, right? All these barbershops, it's just walk-in. So you're sitting there for an hour, two hours. And one time I sat in the barbershop for four hours and I said to him, I said, how can we cut the, the barbershop wait time down? And this is back in like 2014. There were no, there may be like two or three apps at the time. So we we built this app and we, we got it. Well, we didn't build it. We had a, a beta mode, right? So we had that and I was going around to different barbershops in Boston. They're just walking in like, hey, I got this app. What do you think about it? Do you think it would help, help your business? And everybody was like, yeah, you know, this, this looks great. This looks great. And, you know, we ran it for a little bit. Obviously, we ended up disbanding and ran out of funding and stuff like that. So it didn't take off. But as far as what I picked, I was willing to do anything because deep down inside, I wanted that financial freedom and that freedom that I learned from my mother at a young age. And what could give me both, right? Freedom of my time and financial freedom. And real estate seemed to be not the easiest way, but the quickest way to that, because, you know, 6% of any, let's say a million dollar deals, it's a lot of money. You do that two, three, four, five, 20 times a year. And I'd say you're living pretty well. So after a while, I ended up getting into real estate sales. And before that, I was uh, managing property uh, in Boston. I was managing commercial property. So I was already kind of like in that sector already. So it was just a matter of going from commercial to residential and, uh, that's how I ended up there. Cool. So w when did you officially get licensed and what did those first couple months look like? So I got licensed. So I, I gave my job like nine days notice told him <laughs> I was out of here. I hadn't even taken the test yet, yeah. but I had, I remember just like, I still have the email saved that was sent to me. That was very, very passive aggressive, bro. Like yeah. the most passive aggressive, you know, you can ever imagine. <laughs> and I just said, Hey, you know, I said, Hey, this is my two week notice. I'm out of here. And I, like, my heart was beating fast. I'm like, damn, what am I going to do? So I saw a, a coupon on Groupon for real estate um, school. Yeah. And I could, I could do the 40 hours in here in Boston is 40 hours. And I could do the 40 hours in two consecutive weekends. So I said, all right, I paid for it, did it. And my last day on the job was May 7th. And I was licensed by June 1st. Nice. So I got licensed with June 1st. And the first couple of months, those were some, some very telling months because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And that's what most 
people are going to experience unless you have you know a mentor like like yourself where you don't know what what to expect and you, you you're willing to invest in any coach you're willing to take any anything you're, you're very naive in yeah. the very beginning and that's what I was doing and I was going to the office and I was just talking and drinking coffee all types of stuff that you shouldn't be doing you should be prospecting right prospecting yeah. is, the, is the name of the game but for me my first couple of months was you know calling one or two, three, four, five expires a day for sell by owners a day. And that was it. So that takes what, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. That's what I thought I was supposed to do. Call expires and sell by owners and then you're done. So I was calling them and I was like, okay, well, that's it. And that's not bad. You know, 20 minutes of calls and I'm done. And <laughs> I got a quick, quick waking, a wake up call, excuse me, that that wasn't going to work. And I was also told that on top of expires for sub owners to send out postcards. And that's all I had to do. That was what my first broker told me. I won't say his name or where he's from, but that's exactly what it was. Call expires or sell my owners and send out postcards. So that was my first couple of months. Nice, man. So um, you said you said you had a wake-up call, right? Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit more about that. And after those first couple months, how long did it take for you to kind of finally find your direction and realize, okay, maybe real estate isn't as easy as I thought it was, or I guess the better question would be what were your expectations coming in and how much of that actually came to fruition versus it being completely like 180 different from what you initially thought it was going to be like? Yeah. Well, coming into the industry, you have this, this perception that it's easy. And that's probably because you know, every YouTube ad and Facebook ad you see on the internet is that it's easy, right? Granted, it's simple, but it's not easy. It takes a lot of mental fortitude to survive in this business. And when I first got in, you know, I thought it, I thought it was going to be easy because not, not necessarily easy, but like, I didn't think it was going to be that hard. Right. Yeah. It is not that hard. It's a matter of getting it out of, out of your mind. So my first wake up call, it took, took me quite a while because I thought that what I was going through was, was normal. Right. It's like, Oh, well, I made, I called this expired. It's for sub honor. And I've sent out postcards. It's just not working just yet. Right. Yeah. And that right there is a trap in itself because, you know, if you don't have any business going on or if you're not busy, then you got You should be calling all day, you know. Yeah. So first couple of months, I was following that system, calling expires for sub owners. Nothing was working out. And me, my, meanwhile, I was working at night. I was doing I was bouncing on the weekend. So after a while, mind you, I had quit the job, the, yeah. the other job I was speaking about earlier. So mm-hmm. after a while. You know, the bouncing job, that's only paying for so much. And I still have bills I have to pay for. So I'm thinking to myself, what the hell? And I'm, and I'm putting coaches on my uh, on my credit cards, right? Because the coaches, they're marketing. I'm, I'm seeing all this stuff on my Facebook, like, oh, uh, get it expired in one day or one call. And mind you, I'm calling them already. So I'm like, well, if, I, if it's not working for me, I'm not doing something right. So I'm investing in them and after a while, it's like, well, I can't continue paying this coach anymore. I don't know how I'm going to afford afford my bills. So what what the hell? Am I going to have to go get a regular job or, or not? But I stuck through it, though, because I knew that if I gave up, then it, it, what was everything that I did before? Was it worth it? Then it wouldn't have been worth it, you know? So the biggest wake-up call for me, man, was almost running out of money and then having to regroup and see if what I was doing was producing the result that I wanted to get, you know? Right. Talk a little bit about, you know, I know we're kind of condensing maybe like two years of everything real quick, but talk a little bit about what we mentioned in the very beginning about this like transition phase that you're through, because you know, where you're at right now in the story, one of two things happens, either somebody just completely leaves it behind real estate was a chapter of one year of their life. And then they go back to their job or they do something else. Or they become this, they became automatically this massive success, right? They figured it out. They got right. that coach, they got that system, but you're in that middle phase. Can you talk about that? Because very rarely do we find people in your position. Exactly. Yeah. So before I joined Modern Success and I joined Modern Success somewhere between, I think it was November 3rd, 2018. And I remember the day, like it was yesterday, because I had already went through three coaches, right? I went through three coaches. And I was like, man, if this guy doesn't work, then it just isn't for me, right? Yeah. And I signed up and I ended up getting my first listing, right, with, with Modern Success, like two yeah. months later. Yeah. And that came from mastering communication and, 
and, and psychology of, of, of sales and all that, right? Which I wasn't even, I didn't even know about before. Mm-hmm. So I, I get into this vault and I'm like, damn, I wish I had this from day one, right? Mm-hmm. But the transition that we spoke about was, you know, oftentimes you see people who, you know, they start successful and then they crash and then they either get out of the industry or they just, they don't come back the mm-hmm. same. Or you just see success crash and then you see them come back, but you don't really see what's in between. And for me, I'm in that stage now where not only did I run out of money, right? But I didn't even follow my systems all the way through, which has nothing to do with the actual system, has more to do with the person. And if anybody out there is listening, make the follow-up call, make the call, knock on the door, write the letter, send the voice recording, send the, the video marketing, make the video. Everything that you put off is going to bite you later on. And the reason I know this is because between my first two years in real estate, I wrote down everybody who I was following up with that I stopped following up with when they relisted and when they sold. And that was about 250000 in commission that I, I wouldn't say that I missed out on because there's no guarantee that I would have got the listings, right? But those people, they listed and they sold, right? And I could have been the agent for each and every one of those deals had I kept following the system from point A to point Z, you know? So now I'm in this stage where you don't do what you're supposed to do 100%. You think that you can just fly by, like, oh, well, that's not gonna hurt me. I don't have to follow up with them today. I'll follow up with them them on Friday. Well, you don't know what's gonna happen in those three, four days. So you have to be able to get in touch with them and stay top of mind. And on top of, not following the systems, my money mentality wasn't all the way where we're supposed to be at either, yeah. which is why when joining Modern Success, when I started employing the money management system, that changed everything. Because right. now it's like your 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 relationship with money is so much more so much more different. And you look at money differently, you handle money differently, so it's a lot easier to 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 do things and approach conversations and sales without that neediness because they could pick up on it when you're being needy when you need the sale and they don't nobody wants to work with someone who, who's desperate or or needs their business you know because it's not as genuine but uh being in this stage right now is, is, is very interesting because you get to see what you could have done differently and it's not something that you should dwell on right it's something that you learn from and then you move forward with right so for me it's like okay better and more more and better follow-up systems and more more volume right the more people you talk to the luckier you get and something that i know that people struggle with in sales is and this is two two pronged right they they judge the micro higher than the macro meaning they take one prospect who is a dickhead to them or who's rude to them and they think that that determines the entire prospect pool and I remember I did an experiment in the group where I spoke to 100 people and only six of them were and they weren't even rude only six were not in the mood right so 94% of people are going to be nice you know what I mean so you can't let a small pool of people cost you down the line from what you could create but being in the middle if you do the right things you know you can learn and come back stronger I could have taken this time to you know, beat myself up or not do anything. But this entire time, I've been looking at the business, studying the business, reading, you know, Mike Ferry's, reading Mike Ferry's book, reading all types of books and studying the game so that this next time around is is, is on, you know? Uh, and, and that's something that people should should, should, should take in with them. Like when, when you fail or not necessarily fail, when you have to take a detour, it's only over if you, if you think it's over or, or if you say it's over. It doesn't have to necessarily be over. You can use that as a learning experience. Look how many times, you know, LeBron has been to the finals and how many times he's lost. He he, he, he hasn't stopped. He's not, they don't consider him not being the great because he lost. So if you take some time off, you have to be real, you have to be real with yourself and understand why you got out of the business or why this didn't work. And once you're real with yourself, then that'll allow you to make the changes that you need to make so that you can grow. But if you if you lie to yourself about why it happened or why this didn't happen, it's never gonna work. You know, and that's why I started off by saying I didn't follow up properly. So that that's what led to it. And I didn't I didn't manage my money properly. And 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 that's what led to it. And you know, if you have to be up early in the morning 
to call expires, you have to be up. You have to you have to role play. You shouldn't wake up in the morning and say, oh, I don't feel like role playing today. That attitude is the attitude of a loser. And they're never going to get anywhere in life if you if you think that way. Or if you feel like, you know, you don't feel like calling expires at eight, you want to call them at nine. Yeah, sure, you can call an hour later, but you have to understand that they've already been beaten down, you know? So keeping it real with yourself and understanding why things happen. Most of the time, it's because of you. Once you can be realistic with yourself, everything else becomes easy because you're not blaming the external environment anymore. Yeah. You know, one, one, one thing I heard a lot in what you were saying uh, was, you know, like, and this is something I was taught and I immediately kind of thought outside of the box in a sense is I got into real estate and then every, everybody just shoved real estate in my face. And very quickly, I realized, well, when I'm learning that's only in this box of real estate, you know, I'm having issues that I need to go outside of this box, but I'm being told, Hey, just look in this box. Right. So you brought up not following up. It wasn't that you didn't know how to follow up. It was for whatever reason you didn't, you had a fear, a hesitation. I'll do it later. Right. Apathy, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, then you brought up money and that, and then, you know, uh, the, the transformation in yourself, like you were talking about on the lecture, when you brought it up uh, in your questions and what I'm seeing, like a common thread here is, a lot of what now you're taking into real estate or that you've learned from that you can apply to take it to the next level in real estate and life in general was maybe not exactly just something from your career, like real estate. It was more about you and your personal evolution, right? Yep. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Cause I've been saying that for years, man. And people still call me crazy for talking about that. Of course, man, everything in life boils down to your mind. It doesn't matter if you sell real estate, if you sell cars, if you sell computers or doesn't matter, right? It all comes from the same place. And like you said, everyone shoves real estate down your throat. At the end of the day, you have to know how to communicate not only to other people, but to yourself. You have to learn how to behave as far as your body goes. You can't, you know, how, how you carry yourself is how you think. And when people, other people see that, they're going to think of you the same way because perception is reality. So if you're slouched over or you know, if you're dragging your feet, all of these things are indicators of somebody who really doesn't take life too serious. So as far as the work outside of real estate goes, reading is, is fundamental. Communication is very, 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 very key, not only to yourself, but to other people. But most importantly, how you speak to other people is going to, de- is going to be determined by how you speak to yourself. And how do we speak to ourselves on a day-to-day basis? You know, we can't, everyone else can't necessarily hear our thoughts, but they can see our thoughts by how we behave. So that being said, in these industries that just push these products, like, hey, sell this, sell this, sell this. Oh, yeah, you want me to sell it, but you have to teach me how to also communicate as a human being to other people and to myself. Because the product alone isn't going to do it. And the service alone isn't going to do it. You have to be able to go out there and articulate yourself at a high level. Absolutely. So, you know, if we can transition here, because, you know, we, we go back and forth sometimes on the current climate of the world. How has some yeah. of this development um, been able to help you not only deal with a lot of the bullshit that's going on is it from a distraction standpoint, but also from being able to see what you're presented and filtering out and seeing what's true and what isn't? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been very interesting, man. And, you know, props to you because you've put me on to a lot of different, you know, documentaries and information, but also just sitting back and not becoming emotional with, what, with what's going on. That allows me to realize that, okay, if, if these people at this time, right, we're in October, and I probably started getting deep into this, what would you say, June or July, right? If yeah. these people are orchestrating these events to cause a certain reaction, mm-hmm. how long have I been reacting to what they're doing? Yep. So when I started to look back through history and I started to study myself and my actions and my reactions, it's like, well, was that really me or was that a planned reaction based on how they wanted me to respond, yep. you know? And being able to have that awareness has changed the game completely because now I can see pretty much anything and I won't even be bothered by it because I know that a lot of this stuff really is orchestrated to cause a certain amount of chaos, right? And I think the biggest thing for people is, you know, you have to use these networks for things that are going to push you forward, right? Don't just go on Facebook to sit on there because chances are you're going to see something that's going to condition you. You're going to get triggered in some way, shape or form. You know, turn the TV off. On Instagram, they have this thing where you can 
code on and put onto a picture or a video and hit not interested. Do that for 30 minutes straight and get all that garbage off of your, your timeline because it's it's influencing us in, in different ways. You know, it's influencing us in very, very different ways. And I know something that you talk about a lot is like in real estate where they have these these things where like, oh, well, you're too young and you're too this. So like, where does that come from, right? Like, where does all of these ideologies come from? And when you're able to sit back and, and see what the media is doing, it paints a bigger picture like, wow, the majority of people are misguided for whatever reason it is. And you can't let that affect you. Yeah. And, and, and that permeates every aspect of it because now when I'm with a client, you know, as an example, you know, we, we see that same uh, kind of uh, manifestation where, you know, they'll get emotional. And now we have to be able to be in a position to ourselves remain calm and then guide them through a big decision because we're talking about, you know, maybe an equity, they have hundreds of thousands of dollars and, you know, you get a request for repair and they feel offended that the person sent it, even though it's just part of the business transaction, but we have to now lead, take that role. And we have that situation to deal with. So it's the same shit. It's the same dynamic, just different context, right? So Mm -hmm. when we discuss these things and I bring it up, you know, even people's perception is just, oh, well, all he knows is real estate. And they fail to make that connection to say, well, yeah, that dynamic he's describing is in the context of real estate, but we can still experience that in the real world. Like, you know, me talking to my mom or dad or me, you know, running into like, um, I think I talked about this on MS where I'm in my friend in downtown and he's wearing his MAGA shit and we get approached by five dudes from BLM trying to get aggressive. Right. And I literally Mm -hmm. have to like, you know, start taking my shit off and say, all right, we about to throw down. Now they back right, off, right. but <laughs> I didn't get emotional. Uh, not at all. Yeah. I just did the right move. And then we ended up talking a little bit. It didn't end. We can say cordially, but I had a conversation with them and started challenging them. Right. But uh, at the yeah. end of the day, I, I look at that and it's like, I had to respond accordingly, just like I do with a client or anything else, but I can stand here regardless of the situation and say, okay, I'm I'm making a conscious decision. I'm not reacting emotionally and I know what's going on. I know the truth. Right. And I think that that's mm-hmm. where a lot of people um, fuck up is they'll just, you know, watch, you know, even like a documentary, it'll be passed down and they won't even question what they're being told. They'll just accept it. Right. Same thing with like, um, you know, books being recommended to people. I get DMS all the yeah. time, man. I'm sure you get it too, man. I read this book and, and now that's the law in their life. They don't fact check it. They, mm-hmm. they don't even run it in their own world to see if it's true, they just read it and believe it. But we've been conditioned to do that and people fail to recognize it. So to me, all it is is, is simply um, having a bigger perspective and using your mind. Because when I, I'll throw this question back at you, when, when I you know, am accused, oh, conspiracy theorists, or you question everything too much, I'm just saying, dude, I'm, I'm using what I was given. That's my intellect. That's my you know, rationale. That's my critical thinking. That's the, really the only thing that separates us from animals because animals even have language. They just don't use English, right? Like dolphins, right? right? They make those noises, right? So, you know, that's really the only thing we can say, okay, we're intellectual and and we have this mechanism that the animal doesn't have. That's all I see it as, right? So, you know, and, you know, the last thing before I give it to you, dude, I personally experienced this the the most as far as like brainwash in particular, bro, with the Hispanic community, because I'm like the antichrist to a lot of them, right? Like, you know, being a free thinker and not following orders. But when I I look at our populace in general, I'm speaking in general to everybody listening. I'm not dissing anybody. I'm just saying in general, if you really pay attention, we're people that when we deem somebody or something an authority figure, we will literally do anything they say. Like, even if it means bringing Mm -hmm. harm onto ourselves as a community, we'll do it without fucking question, which is when something like this mask thing happens, it's just, there's no question about it. And if you go, if you go against it, like you're liable to get hung and get your ass beat, you know? Cause they're like, how dare you yeah. even question it and use your mind, right? Like that's not even a fucking possibility in the community, bro. But I wanted to pass it to you to kind of see your experience with that. Cause then I have a story to add on to what I just said, man. Cause th- this whole thing, I'm sure like in your situation, maybe even in your personal family unit, I, I guarantee you're probably one of the few, if not the only one who's thinking in this way. So how has that dynamic been and how have those relationships changed in the time that you've begun to kind of question things we can say yeah i mean it's 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 been very interesting i think i'm in that stage now where i know well i'm not going to say i I don't want to blow my head up but i have a good idea of what the truth is right and when i see that 
other people are behaving a certain way, I might just tell them like, hey, you know, it's not that way, right? It's this way, right? And I'm yeah. attempting to educate them, right? Yeah. But if I see that they're not accepting the communication because again, like you said, their pr- perspective isn't there to understand it, then I'll just leave it alone. I, w- I won't force it on them, right? Yeah. Or for me, like you say, especially in, in the inner city community where they have this thing where everybody has to walk around and feel oppressed. And that's not, you don't have to be oppressed, right? And that's something that they play out in the media all the time. You know, like you said, the, the, the Hispanic community, they see one person and they play it up. Well, you know, on the news, all they put on there is that people of color are oppressed. And if you think about it, man, there's a lot of opportunity out here. You know what I mean? And, and, and the only reason why you would think that you are oppressed is if you were dependent on somebody to, to do something for you in the first place. Mm-hmm. You can't be oppressed if you're doing something for yourself. Yeah. Only person that would be oppressing you at that point is yourself. So how could you possibly be oppressed, right? But there has been this like sur- this, this subservient attitude in these communities that people feel like they can't help themselves. They have to rely on the, on the good good old government, right, to, to get by. But when you start challenging these things, like you, when you start challenging these things, man, it, it gets very interesting. And I remember sending you so many DMs when I was going through like cognitive dissonance. It was like, there, there's no way, there's no way, this, there's no way this is true, right? And I never told you that you were lying. It was more so me and my body, like all these years of believing this, and you made it tell me that this is what it's like. And at first, it's like, wow, and it's, it's a wake up call, you know. But like I, like I responded, right? The only reason why it hit me the way it did is because I was ready for it. So yeah. if I went out and, and, and told somebody else, they might not be ready for it. So they might just disregard it. But the reason why it hit me so hard is because my mind and my being knew that, okay, this, this, this is real. And that, that, that's, where the, that's where the acceptance process began. And it's not necessarily easy because we've been misled for so long. And when you start to hear these, this new information, it's like, wow, it's gonna hit you like a, like a ton of bricks. And I don't think most people are ready for that. but going to come a time where they're going to have to wake up and smell the coffee. And, and that's a sign of evolution as a human being. If you can recognize, hey, I, I've been taught wrong or, oh, you're right, bro, I was wrong. My bad. Tell me the truth. Like that's a part of, I think, yeah. maturity, but also your evolution as a human being to not be so naive to think that everything you were given was perfect and there's no way to change or upgrade. You know, and I think that is probably the, the thorn in people's sides is they're not ready to evolve to that level to say, Hey, I'm wrong. Cause that requires you to put your ego aside. Cause the way they process it is like, let's say it's you, Oh, Craig, well, he's younger than me. What does he know? I'm older than you, bro. You can't tell me. So we have all these, these, this brainwashing mechanisms, like really just messing up our filters. So now I can't even listen to what you're saying, even if it's raw fact, because I have used my fucked up mind that's been brainwashed to compute that, oh, you're younger, you don't know shit. I own a business, you don't. And now all this useless, meaningless criteria has come into the way of the truth, which is part of the whole psychological warfare on us, right? It's nuts. So I want to bring this up because we've been talking a lot about like just facts and truth versus emotions and how emotions Mm -hmm. easily manipulated, right? Uh, Paul is on here, right? On Zoom with us. So her dad... I was just down there. Her dad owns NYPD pizza in uh, winter, I think winter garden, Florida, which is like right outside of Orlando, like five minutes. Right. So yeah. now if you didn't know, bro, Florida is one of the States where the, uh, the governor said no more masks, like no more mask mandate. Yeah. You don't have to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Long story short, customer goes in one of the, one of the employees who has asthma, right. Doesn't have his mask on correctly. Cause he's still telling his people wow. to wear a mask, but they don't have to right? technically by law. They don't have to. Customer comes in, yeah. yells at the employee, like, what are you doing, bro? Put your fucking mask on, right? And the employee's like, yeah. dude, the governor said we don't have to even have to wear it anymore, right? Customer leaves, mm-hmm. right? Customer leaves and just starts shitting on them online in private groups, on their Facebook, wow. right? Complete emotional, irrational outburst. And I'm going to yeah. read for you, bro, and for everybody listening, because this is directly from the state of Florida. The order that he passed, and this is like a week ago now or more, um, allows restaurants, pubs, and bars to operate at a minimum, minimum of 50% capacity, suspends any penalty for refusal, refusal to wear a mask. And the third one, order supersedes any local order. So even if locally mm-hmm. they're saying it, this supersedes that, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm reading that, right? Because I, I knew this right away. I think it was like Florida, South Dakota, Georgia, and some other states, right? And I said, yeah. what kind of fucked up world do we live in where now... By law, you don't have to wear a mask, but this person 
goes in, curses at an at a employee, doesn't get his way, storms out like a little kindergartner who's having a fucking tantrum, and then goes on and shits on this man's, you know, reputation online because he didn't get his way. That to me, bro, is the behavior of a three-year-old who's still developing his mental cognitive uh, abilities, right? Like, yeah. do you see that a lot? Because yeah, I see that on the media, but I've been experiencing that in person too. Are you seeing that type of behavior a lot? Yeah, I see that. Not, not to that extent, <laughs> but I do see people like they, they gesture to me. Like when I'm on public, they're like, they're like pulling up the mask. Over. I don't, I don't have a mask, but they're like gesturing to me that I should be wearing a mask. And it's like, I get it. You know, you want me to wear a mask that yeah, you're free to do it. But I think in the story that you told me, the fact that he went that far, I feel like a lot of people have this desire for power that, that they're not getting anywhere else. So they feel like when they leave reviews like that or when they, especially in the place, because I, I bet whoever that customer was wouldn't have spoken to the worker like that in the street, like that in public, oh, no. right? Oh, no. But he, oh, he knows he knows that he can't do anything. So people have these perverse obsessions with power and they're not getting it anywhere else. So they do it when you're at a disadvantage, when you, you can't necessarily strike back at them or online when they can feel even more powerful. So I think there's like a, a, a pervasive obsession with power and the media has made people, the media has given everyone a voice at this point, especially with this mask. Everyone feels like they can tell you what to do, but they really can't, you know, it's everyone's decision. But around here, man, it's not so much, hey, put a mask on, they, they're gesturing over here <laughs> to put your mask on. It's crazy, bro, because you know, the, the way I see it, and, and we see this with, with many things like, well, I'm upset that you're doing something, even though legally what you're doing is correct, right? I'm going into yeah. somebody else's business, telling them how to run it, right? And then because I don't like how you're doing something, everything has to change because of that. And I see that happening in our culture, bro. This is the poison has been seeped in. Like they're trying to attack free speech or the right for people to bear arms and all this shit. And this is stuff that makes me upset because you, I would share that story, right? To like, um, you know, the, the media and all these like crazies will agree with that. Technically he has the freedom to do that, right? But yeah. if, if we look at it from a logical standpoint, is it, is, is it right for me to walk into your business and tell you how the fuck to run it? No. Yeah. What does every fucking no. business say? We have the right to refuse service, right? So mm -hmm. they can do, but on top of that, they have the law on their side and this customer still goes in and has a fucking temper tantrum. Now to me, and, and, and then I can pass this back to you to get your thoughts. I think, bro, that's a slippery slope. And that's why we see the world going to where it's at to where now, if I post my thoughts online, I'm getting shadow banned, I'm getting banned, I'm getting my shit demonetized. And that's what we're seeing where if it doesn't fit this, this narrative that they've created, well, you're ushered over here into the corner and dumped into the trash and we can only put out what we want people to see, right? Do you see a parallel there? And you know, what, what are some of your thoughts on that, bro? Because I, I think people aren't paying attention to it. They become like accustomed to it so they don't fight it anymore. Yeah, I think there's, there's, there's a number of issues. And the first thing I'll start out with is anyone who comes out, I mean, you see it now when people put Trump signs in their yards, their signs are going to run over. People yeah. who openly support the right, they're, they're getting beat up and all types of stuff. Or, and, and I see this especially with conservative women, which I still, I haven't, I've never seen anyone treat you like this or you know, Arash, any of those guys, right? I, whenever I see a conservative woman make a post about Trump, she's attacked by like 30 people. Yeah. And I never see this happen with masculine conservative men. I think that they know who they can get away with that with, right? Mm -hmm. But there's this thing now where people feel like there's no rules. Like as soon as you go disagree with them, you got to get your ass kicked. Your home has to be vandalized. All all type of anarchy type things, man. And yeah. it, 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 it pushes the cause for license to, licenses to carry because a lot of this stuff wouldn't wouldn't happen if we had more licenses to carry because a lot of people are, are are being beat up and all types of stuff just for having a political view and how is how is that free you know how, how is that how is that free to to be scared to come out and support somebody in, in, in hopes of not getting getting your ass kicked you know that's it should, shouldn't be that way yeah and then what people are fed right like as an example right the stuff with yeah. the cops i don't see people sharing like you know when i shared the the thing with the cop i'm actually going to make a follow-up video to say you know, when I complied with what he was saying within a minute, his tone changed with me. He was actually cool. And at the end I said, you know what, bro, thank you for being cool. Right. Cause there's a lot of bullshit yep. going on right now. And I, I had the little conversation with them. I said, that's why I rolled the windows down, put my hands on the steering wheel. Cause I know you're probably paranoid as fuck. 
because everybody in the state saying defund the police. So you might look at me with tattoos and think, oh, fuck, here we go again. Right. Yep. So I thanked him for that. But we don't see that. We see that one video where a dude gets his ass beat by the cops and now everybody yeah. gets fucking emotional and triggered. And we don't see the even, well, the 20 other interactions that were positive. We see the one fucking negative one and they blow it up and give it all the attention. But people, like we brought up earlier, won't stop to think, okay, is that the only interaction that people are having with cops? What's the overall picture look like? Because I can sit here on with you and tell you if I wanted to, all the shitty interactions I've had with cops, all the times I've been handcuffed for no fucking reason and all this stuff. But when I look in totality of all my interactions with cops, and then that time in comparison to how much I've lived as an adult, it's a fucking speck, bro. Yep. It's like it's like a speck of my existence, a, a grand total of what, a couple hours of my life of how many fucking tens of thousands of hours. So just like you mm -hmm. said with the prospects, 94 out of 100 were cool and six gave you attitude. 94% of your interactions with customers were good, right? But then I'm attacked when I use logic like this. Oh, no, you can't think about it. Well, you don't know, bro, because this, because that. There's always some emotional fucking plug thrown in there. You know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, it, it, it just blows my mind, bro, because then it, it's almost like the, the forfeiting of people's um, authority over their own lives. And it's like they hand somebody yeah. else the keys. Here's my life. Here's my mind. Have fun with it. When I have For plenty sure. of examples of people around me, even here locally, if I'm not even going to use MS, all age ranges, all backgrounds, you know, fuck religion, whatever the fuck you want to use as a measure from society's measures. And they're all doing fucking great. Like all of them, mm -hmm. you know, all of them. And they all built their shit. Even if we're going to use the example of real estate, the same way we all went door to door. We all made calls. Yeah. We all built our shit. Right. So maybe this might be a, a more of a, a broader question. What do you think? And we'll wrap it up like this. What do you think is going to have to change for us to, flip this narrative to where now people feel empowered. They're like, okay, I'm the authority in my life. I'm the master of my life. I can do what I want. Or do you think we're already in a position where it can't change? I think it's going to start with things going to have to happen. First, we're going to have to, like you said, take initiative, take authority over our lives. Stop waiting for the government to do everything. Stop relying on CNN, Fox News, C-SPAN, all these different channels <laughs> to give you your, your, your information, right? You have to go out there and find it yourself. You know, and if we don't do that or if people don't do that, then we're going to eventually get to a, a situation that nobody wants to go to. People don't understand what it means to defund the police. But when if, if when and if it does happen, it'll be too late. And they're going to be wishing that they, that they never said that yep. because you need them around. Right. And yep. I probably only had one bad, maybe two bad experiences. And that was in my teenage years. I've spoken to three cops in the last three weeks. Yeah. And I was like, hey, you know, thanks. Thanks for your, just thanks for your service. You know, went up to him because the media is really beating these guys down, you know, yeah. for no reason. And it makes it harder for them to even want to show up to work. These people don't know what it's going to be like if there's no police around. And like, who are you going to call when, you know, your mom or your grandmom's house gets, gets broken into, you know, and, and all her stuff is stolen? Who are you going to call? You're going to do the investigation yourself? No, you're going you're gonna to call the police and have them do it, you know? So, as far as what's going to have to happen, people are going to have to do their research like I did and like you introduced me to. You have to do the research. You have to question literally everything, everything. And as you begin to do your research and you begin to question everything, you'll start to see trends and patterns. And then you'll start to see, well, how everything. Real quick, real together, quick, Craig. I want to pause you, said, you right there real quick, real quick. Sure. And, and I just I want to preface this for everybody listening yeah. and then I'll let you continue. Sorry about that. When he yeah, says so this, I don't, I don't want you guys to just think this is politics. I'm talking everything. What you were taught about money, work, yeah. your life, what you can do, what you can't do. I don't want everybody to hear what we just said and say, oh, this is politics and the government. No, no, no. This is fucking everything. All right. I just wanted to say that. Go ahead. Continue. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You have to do your research and see how it all ties in. And not only politics, the money management system. When I first started that, I was like, damn, is this really going to work? Right. But when I started breaking my money up into those jars and yep. months later, I saw how much more of a surplus I was in and tracking my expenses every single day. It's like, wow, this thing really does work. And not even on the physical level, the emotional level, that neediness, that that real, that sense of relaxation from money, mm. that's good energy. That's going to attract more money, because yep. if you hoard money, you have bad energy with money, you're not going to make any more. Yep. So. Not only the physical practice, but the emotional gains that you that you get as well. But 
a little bit more into the politics side, yeah, you have to do your research, man. How this is going to change? Do your research, question everything, and you have to see how everything ties in. And what I was going to, what I was mentioning was that you know you were saying that a lot of your your reach has gone down. You know, if you realize that people who are talking about a certain thing when their voices are being cut down, there's a reason for that, mm-hmm. right? If it's not organic, then why is it happening? And if it's happening for a, a purpose, then we have to see what that purpose is. And then when we see what that is, well, how is that going to affect humanity and us as Americans? And when you start to go down that rabbit hole, per se, you'll start to see that there's an agenda. There's a lot of things going on that most people don't know what's what's, what's happening. And uh, hopefully they catch on before it's too late and do the research that they need to do before it's too late. Because they, they don't know. They're, they're not going to know until it's too late and they're going to be sorry. Absolutely, bro. And, you know, one thing that comes to mind right now uh, that... I had that same kind of reaction when you were talking about cognitive dissonance was when I really started doing my research and changing my, uh, my consumption, my diet and my lifestyle, not just like food, but like, you know, now I have zero bro, zero desire to eat any junk food. I have zero desire to have alcohol or, or smoke like anything that would be detrimental to my vessel as a body. I'm not even like, Oh yeah, let's go out and drink. It's like, all right, let's go out and talk. But like, no, I don't even want a beer, bro. Well, I drink one every once in a while. Sure. But it's like, my body's like, nope, 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 nope. And I remember learning this stuff and just sitting there and like getting up from the computer and being like, really? So I've been buying this bullshit for the last fucking 30 years, right? Now people still tell me, hey, bro, you're vegan. So like, where do you get your protein? Where do you get your B12 and this and that? Or I'm like, hey, I don't take, I haven't taken pharmaceuticals or pills. Now that I had already stopped a long time ago, but I think it's probably been a minimum, bro since maybe my last ankle surgery at like 21 or 22 around that time, I stopped taking any kind of pill or man-made medicine and moving forward. Anything was like a herbal remedy, right? There was this lady that lived pretty close to my old house back in the day. That was like this, this older Chinese lady, but she had all the fucking herbs and medicines. I'd go to her. Right. And I still do that to this day. And now what's funny is this narrative is flipped. I post a couple pictures of me with my shirt off doing pull-ups. Now my DMs are blown up. Oh, bro, what are you eating? What regimen are you on? Are you still vegan and this and that? And all I had to do was fucking yeah. take my shirt off, right? Yeah. It's crazy, bro. So this, this isn't easy, by the way, and this is how I'll wrap it up. All the subjects, money, politics, when you were doing it, I'm sure there was points where you wanted to like literally step away and say, okay, fuck, because- yeah you're going through such a change because people don't realize that's a paradigm shift. Everything you thought you knew, boom. Now your world just shatters, right? It's almost like when Neo, when he touches the fucking window and then like it goes into his hand, he's like, what the fuck is this? Was there any moments you wanted to stop making these changes? And if there was any or super difficult moments, what did you do to keep staying on the path? Well, for me, when I was going through this cognitive dissonance, I knew that I was on the right path. And when I look at who else is on this path, it made it a lot easier for me to keep going. Like yourself, Jose, Ronnie, Ross, those guys. So, for example, the cognitive dissonance when it came to money, it was like, well, if you want to make this amount of money per year, if you have this as your goal, you're going to have to get better with money. Yeah. So whatever you feel right now, it's a sacrifice to where you're trying to get. And a lot of people, they won't get rid of what they have to get what they want. And that's something that you have to realize. If you're going to go to the next level, you have to shed, shed some dead weight. And to answer that, to answer the back half of your question, what was the hardest thing? I think the hardest thing for me was no longer being a victim. And I don't, and I don't mind even admitting this because a lot of people are victims. They don't realize that they're victims, especially when it comes to what's being pushed out there, that you're oppressed or that something is wrong with you or that you have to take this pill. Otherwise you're not just kind of person. Like there's all this type of marketing that makes you feel like you're oppressed or that you allow to make you feel, make you feel like you're oppressed and seeing those documentaries and doing the research and also just looking at the events in, in pop culture and see how it was affecting everybody. Once I saw that it was no longer affecting me, that's when I knew I was on the right track. I was like, okay, I learned this from, Boston. I mean, uh, not Boston. I learned this from Brian. And now I'm able to step back and see things play out without being affected by it. I must be on the right track. Plus, when you follow people who are in your position, like I said, it makes it so much easier, man. Like, if, if I didn't have you guys and it was just me, I would have been like, well, how do I know if this is right? But when you're able to 
bounce your ideas off of people who are better than you and in higher places and then they can confirm it for you then it's like, okay i'm definitely going to keep going now because i know i'm on the right I'm on, I'm on the right track yeah man and that's one of the beauties of social media bro is it's made the world a lot smaller so you have access to the yeah. right people so just like in a sense it's been weaponized against the populace it's also become a weapon for us as well to empower ourselves and, and create change man so thanks for coming on dude uh we're what three weeks away from from miami from the ms event yeah I'm, I'm going to be, what, six minutes away. I might, I might jog there, man. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Let's do it, bro. So uh, you have, um, if you want to plug, bro, if people want to message you, I'm sure people that listen to this are going to want to message you. Do you have a preferred platform or what do you want to share? Yeah, you guys can reach me on Instagram at TheRealCraigMJ. C-R-A-I-G. M is in Mary. J is in jog. I'm on Facebook. Name is Craig Moore. My profile picture, which has been this way for two years, it might stay this way forever <laughs> is me and Brian at the very first modern success event. That's historic. Gotta, I got to, got to keep it up, bro. Got to keep it up. So you can reach me on Facebook or Instagram. And if you guys want to chop it up or anything like that, feel free to reach out to me, man. If you're going through any phase of your life, whether it's business, you know, you, or you're running out of money or you don't know, you know what to do in certain situations. Yeah, I'm always here. Awesome, man. And, you know, Paula highlighted something you said that was really good. People won't get rid of what they have to get what they want. That's what I'm going to title yeah. this podcast. So kudos Absolutely. to you, man. Absolutely. All right, bro. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate you. Paula, I know you're here All too. Right. So shout out to you. I know it's, you know, a little shout bit later Paula, on the East Coast. You just <laughs> yes, talked sir. to her, right? About uh, diet yeah. and veganism? I just spoke to her. Before you end this, before you end this, right? People who were questioning the vegan, the plant-based thing, right? Macronutrients are macronutrients. It doesn't matter where it comes from. A protein is a protein. You can, if, let's say if one donut has five grams of protein in it, right? And you ate 20 uh, donuts, that's 100 grams of protein. That's the same thing as eating a piece of steak. It doesn't matter where the protein comes from. People get so caught up in the nutrients. Mm. The nutrients can come from anywhere. It doesn't have to be from an animal. So I just wanted to clarify that because people, I'm playing base too, and people rip their heads off about where am I going to get my protein from? Well, it doesn't matter. Look look at labels and you'll see how much you have to eat in order to get what you want as opposed to eating an animal so that's it and bro i go to the farmer's market and i hardly spend any money and i get my fruits and vegetables for the week and everything and i'm exactly. looking like damn and people walk around saying this shit is fucking <laughs> expensive it's not and it's natural it's not. i know these farmers now i know exactly where their farm is they tell me we don't use pesticides i mean and i have conversations with them and we see them every fucking sunday so it just requires mm -hmm. a little bit more effort Right. I can't go to fucking McDonald's and get a plant based natural, you know, fucking sandwich or whatever. I actually have to put in 10 minutes of work to drive to the fucking farmer's market and buy it. Is it that yep. fucking difficult? I don't think so. Yep. All right, bro. Thanks for coming on, man. All right, bro. Appreciate it. See you, man.